The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Rev. Galen McDowell, Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. This is the program for spiritually enlightening discussion, interviews, and the practical application of new thought principles to transform your life. Now, here's your host, Rev. Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell, and I am the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Rev. Derek B. Wells is the senior minister, and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the founder. If you're ever in the Chicagoland area, we would love for you to stop by, join us in the service, or just take a walk by, take a look at the building, take a walk to the bookstore, and just see some of the work that we are doing to try to help people live healthy, happy, and prosperous lives. Uh, Stop by our website, www.cutemple.org. That's www.cutemple.org to find out more information about Christ Universal Temple or to check out some archived lessons and hear some good music. I believe we always have about three lessons on our website of the the previous three weeks. So you can get to hear some good music and, and good lesson sermons that can help you transform your experience. We're in the midst of a series right now titled Eckhart Tolle's A New Earth, and I'm teaching it chapter by chapter. I have requested that everyone who follows along with this series actually get the book, purchase it, borrow it, get it from the library one way or another, and follow along to read the chapters because it's only so much I could cover obviously, in a show that's one hour. And some of these chapters are really long. And all of the book is really what I would call hardcore 
metaphysics because it's really dealing with the essence of how consciousness works and the things that interfere with the perfect harmony that we're supposed to express in our lives because we were created in the image and likeness of God. So today's chapter is chapter seven, finding who you truly are. And before we get to the book, I want to do some preliminary work. So all of this work will be about the subject, finding who you truly are, which is on page 185 of the book. A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. But I'm going to actually read from different materials for uh, to begin the show. And this first uh, few quotes is from a book called The New Thought Christian by William Warch. Now, at Christ Universal Temple and in the Universal Foundation for Better Living, we use New Thought Christian in the book titled Alternatives as our first class. We call it Basic Truth Principles 1. And I love this book. I mean, I really do. I'm using the version I have, which is kind of pinkish purplish, but now it has a different cover and different page number. So I'm reading out of the chapter called Who Are You? And I'm on page 24 of this book. It says, you are God's most wonderful idea. This idea is a perfect reproduction of spirit, God, and it is implanted within you, waiting to be realized and expressed by you. I would add, it is the real you. This idea is called the Christ, which resides in your body consciousness. This is who you are, a spiritual being housed temporarily in a wonderful body. But even though you are the Christ, you might not be fully aware of the fact. And then he goes on in the next paragraph. He says, you are a process of becoming. There is nothing fixed or permanent about you other than the perfect Christ idea within. Your conscious awareness and your physical body are constantly changing and adjusting toward the perfect expression of your Christ nature spirit. All right. Next paragraph. Again, finding who you truly are. That's why I'm reading this. The object of your existence is to express God in all you think, say, and do. I'm going to stop there because that's that's a very powerful sentence. The object of your existence is to express God in all you think, say, and do. So God's love, God's peace, God's abundance, God's wisdom, et cetera, et cetera. Is to be expressed in everything we think, say, and do. It does not mean that that makes our lives vanilla because, you know, showing up as the expression of God can show up as the plumber and the politician. It can show up as the truck driver and the professor. It can show up as the minister and it can show up as the, the man who is driving the public transportation bus or the woman who is um, doing the surgery on your physical body to mend a wound. So it doesn't mean that it, that it takes away individual expression. It just says that individual expression should be expressing God in all we think, say, and do. All right. It goes on to say in the same book on page 27. 
um, that individuals, let me, let me go up one level. Your motive as a new thought Christian is to develop your Christ awareness through your, through your choice making in the school of life. Let me read that again. Your motive as a new thought Christian is to develop your Christ awareness through your choice making in the school of life. So you develop your awareness of who you are. It's not, in other words, you become more enlightened by the choices you make in what we he calls the school of life. All right. The next paragraph states individually, individuality, excuse me, is the I am or Christ in you. When you say I am and connected with an idea, the Christ power moves it into expression through your consciousness. The I am power is your Christ power. And one of the things that saying the word I am does is it also puts you in the present. It's not I was or I will be. I am. It wasn't I was healthy or I will be healthy. I am healthy. I am health. So just the term I am puts you in alignment with the present where the power of the presence of God is. So when you're living in the past and projecting in the future, you're living in space that's not present. So you're not necessarily connected. That doesn't mean that you don't plan, but you can be present while you plan for the future. See, but what's really actually happening is I recycle past that conditioned thinking is not present and is projecting into the future based upon the past context. So what we have to be careful of, and and he calls it content and form in this book, is not allowing the content and form of our old ways of thinking to dominate our minds and then project into the future events that will be eerily similar to what we're dealing with right now. All right. So moving on to the, again, reading, I'm reading different quotes about finding who you truly are before I actually get into the book. This is from the book. What are you by Melda Shanklin? What are you by Melda Shanklin? And I'm going to page 10. By the matter of fact, this is the very first book that I ever taught. Um, you know, it, you know, my first, first book. So this book has a special place in my heart because, it, you know, my first opportunity to actually teach a class in the Johnny Coleman Institute. And every time I open up this book and I realize how hard I study because I have so many notes and points and circles and highlights and red and yellow and et cetera. But anyway, she says, spiritually, what are you? You are a soul that has forgotten its divine identity, a soul now struggling to remember in the midst of time and in the confusions of experience that you are the living son of the living God. Spiritually, you are an idea in the mind of God. That idea must be given expression in you. You are the son of God but not always have act, you acted the part. Now, when they say son, they're not talking about gender. This is using biblical language. You can say the daughter of God, but the son of God metaphysically just means God's idea of itself. Just 
you know, but I'm reading a book that might be almost 100 years old. But anyway, she says, if you will live in as if you will live in as full accordance with your divine nature as your present state of preparation makes possible, you will be made aware of your true identity. As the victim of amnesia persists in recalling personal identity, so you must persist in recalling spiritual identity. While you pray, read, meditate, practice spiritual truth, a flicker, then a beam, then the full light of restored consciousness will dawn and you will know yourself. In that knowing, the human estimate and all that it values and all that it decrees will be supplanted by the divine appraisement. Thou art my son. This day I have begotten thee. So again, we're reading about what are you from the chapter seven in a new earth, finding who you truly are. I have one more definition I want to read. This is from. The revealing word underneath under the definition of man, and it is found on page 126, 126. He says, man, an idea in divine mind, the epitome of being, the apex of God's creation, created in his image and likeness. So. I love the the definition of an idea in divine mind because what that does is helps us have to stretch our minds because we don't have imagery around that this sentence. An idea in divine mind, the epitome of being. Now I gotta think about that. I can't just slot that into gardens and snakes and fruit trees with you know, don't eat that and eat this and and movies and, and and just our you know imagination to actually think if God is divine mind and I'm an idea in divine mind, what does that mean? Reverend Coleman used to say or uh, teach us, I am an idea walking around in the mind of God. And she would then say, If you're an idea in the mind of God, do you need anything? Do you need anything? What does that mean? That means if you're an idea in the mind of God, you have that which you need because the idea is in the mind of God. Abundance, health, peace, joy, love, but you still have to choose it. She would say things like you can stand in front of the the sink all you want, but if you want water to come out of the faucet, you have to turn the faucet on. You have to turn the knob on. Just stand, standing there praying, God give me water, when you have the ability to choose the water by turning the knob. Well, in the mind, you have to choose who you are. So, you know, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later when he talks about knowing yourself and knowing about yourself. We're going to deal with that a little bit more. He also says, going back to this definition, man appears ungodlike because through disobedience fell into sin. What that means is our thinking gets out of alignment with truth. Fell into sin just means we make mistakes, error thinking. 
through accepting race thoughts. In other words, the um, this universal belief of what it means to be uh, a human being living in a three dimensional world, what the collective human race accepts. That's race thoughts. Man has adopted wrong ideas. I would say thoughts, but wrong ideas about himself and his relation to his source. He has believed that he is unlike God and separate from him. And these concepts have by the law of thought become manifest. So what he's saying is because we think that way, it has to manifest. You can't think in error because as within, so without is, uh, um, one of my spiritual mothers told me yesterday, you can't expect, uh, the, the inside to be divided and not expect the outside to be divided. So if you start seeing, uh, division and discord and inharmony in your experiences, it's reflective of the inharmony, discord and division within yourself. As within, so without. If you see a lack of order on the outside of your life, in other words, in your life, world, and affairs, then there's a lack of order in your thinking. It has to be. As within, so without. So he goes on to say, Mr. Fillmore in The Revealing Word, page 126, ideal man is the perfect man, the Christ, the offspring of divine mind. All right. So. This is to get a handle on who we really are. When we get back for the next two sections, we're going to be dealing with the book. And I have one other book that I'm going to be quoting from when I get to a certain part. But I really want to drill down because, again, my job with this show is to help you break down and bridge the language between this book and how we use language and new thought by using some of the resources that is available to anybody in language that you probably have heard before. If you follow new thought or new thought, Christian metaphysics, um, before we go on our first break, I want to remind you that this show, along with all the shows on unity online radio are supported by your donations. So you have freely received, please freely give. You know, we have people who have to produce this material. Uh, somebody's on the other end right now making sure this show is doing what it's supposed to do. And they have to have computers and websites and 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 all the other things that go along with making this online outreach ministry possible. So your donations help support this process. So be a blessing for someone else. Just if you have been blessed, you can't outgive God. You can't outgive God. You can't outgive God. And I also want to remind everyone that the Universal Foundation for Better Living's Panorama of Truth is July 23rd through the 27th. Go to www.ufbl.org for more information. If you live in the Chicagoland area, you can call Christ Universal Temple for to ask uh, about the um, Chicago packages. Um, you can call 773-568-2282, 773-568-2282, and ask for the Johnny Coleman Institute. They should be able to give you some more information as well. If you live in the Chicagoland area, not necessarily staying 
in the hotel um, so you can hear some powerful speakers, etc. So we're going to take our first break and we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. It takes you to power Unity Online Radio. If you'd like to make a positive difference in the world, you can by contributing to this global ministry. Unity Online Radio relies on listener support to broadcast the messages of unity to an awakening world. To contribute, visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. You have a coach in your corner, a life coach that is. Like a coach in sports, a life coach can help you set clear goals and develop the confidence and tools you need to achieve them. Join certified life coach Carla McClellan Tuesdays at 3 p.m. for Vibrant Living on Unity Online Radio. Each week, Coach Carla and her guests will share strategies and solutions designed to help make your life more focused, more meaningful, and more vibrant. Do you have a specific issue or topic you'd like to discuss with Coach Carla? Call in toll-free Tuesdays at 3 p.m. during Vibrant Living, Life Coaching with Carla. Somewhere, tucked away in the Unity Library archives in Unity Village, Missouri, you can find a secret treasure. They are the scripts from Unity co-founder Charles Fillmore's early days on broadcast radio. The teachings of Unity's founders, almost a 100 years old. Now, for the first time in history, you can hear them through the power of the Internet. Join Bob Brock every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, for Unity Classic Radio, Words from Our Past, Discover the wisdom of Charles Fillmore's talks and of other Unity Radio speakers read on the air again. Call in your comments and questions as Bob and his special guests revisit Unity Radio talks of the past, along with historical background from the early days of the Unity movement. That's Unity Classic Radio. Words from our past. Every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Right here on Unity FM. The voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. I want to remind you that I have a true, uh, uh, Truth Transforms Facebook page. You can go to Facebook and search for Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Make sure you like the page, share it with others. I, I put positive quotes. I put links to this show. I put videos from other stuff, just positive, inspirational things that I think can help enhance your um, uh, growth process. So let's get to the book. Now that I've given you some some uh, ground foundational groundwork, you know, really 
hardcore new thought material. You know, if you read the book, what are you new thought Christian? Um, if you're studying the revealing word and, and, and you're doing it prayerfully, trust me, you're going to do, you're going to have some growth. You know, one, one day I'm going to do what are you as a series because I, I've recently reminded myself, uh, through looking at it a couple of times recently that this is one of the best books ever written on new thought. Hands down. Um, I, I'm going to have to adjust my like top five list of all time books and add that to it. Anyway, um, to the book on um, a new earth page 186. On page 185, he talks about the, um, at the Oracle of, um, of Delphi, the quote, know thyself. And at the top of page 186, he says, what these words imply is this. Before you ask any other question, first ask the fundamental question of your life. Who am I? Unconscious people and many remain unconscious, trapped in their egos throughout their lives will quickly tell you who they are, their name, their occupation, their personal history, the shape or state of their body, and whatever else they identify with. Others may appear to be more evolved because they think of themselves as an immortal soul or divine spirit. But do they really know themselves or have they just added some spiritual sounding concepts to the content of their mind? Knowing yourself goes far deeper than the adoption of a set of ideas or beliefs. Spiritual ideas and belief may, beliefs may at best be helpful pointers, but in themselves, they rarely have the power to dislodge the more firmly established core concepts of who you think you are, which are part of the conditioning of the human mind. Knowing yourself deeply has nothing to do with whatever ideas are floating around in your mind. Knowing yourself is being rooted in being instead of lost in your mind. So let's just stop there for a moment. Who am I? You know, in the book, What Are You? by Shanklin, she actually chose the title, What Are You? instead of Who Are You? Because we're used to saying, Who Are You? When you start saying, What Are You? What do you mean, What Am I? Because that, that's a different question. I like the question, What Am I? You know, because the the, the the ego, the personal sense of identity can wrap itself up in the things that it has done instead of getting down to the truth of who we really are. I am. That's who I am. I am. Now you say, but, but what is I am? I am is whatever you choose to attach to it. Am I health? If you choose it. I am peace. If you choose it. I am prosperity. If you choose it. I am. I am. Pure potential. I am. Infinite possibility. I am. When you get that I am, which is a, which is spiritual being, unformed awareness, I am. See, see, this is when we really start to strip the layers of the human persona so we can get to the essence of who we are. If I'm trapped in the belief that, that I'm the occupation or the 
or the the car or the house or the or the what or the money or the whatever, then I've lost sight of who I am. I'm a spiritual being living in a spiritual universe governed by spiritual law. I am. And a lot of times, and I, I love the fact that he goes in on how we as or human race at times, and I'm using that from the context of we're spirit, soul, body, so we're spiritual and human. We at times wear our spirituality like a coat. In other words, it's not a part of who we are, it's just something we attach to ourselves. It's something we wear. Until certain things get triggered and then we show what we really believe. And Hopefully those opportunities give you an, uh, the, the chance to eradicate erroneous beliefs and accept the truth about who you are. Spiritual writings, religious ideas, teachers, ministers, etc. This show can only point you to truth. You have to know the truth for yourself. Jesus said you shall know the truth. And the truth shall set you free. Know it. It has to be a part of your being. I, you know, when you know something, it's a part of you. So he didn't say you shall talk about the truth. He didn't say you should think about the truth. He said you shall know it. Knowing is different. It's like riding a bike. There are people who don't know how to ride a bike. And the people who do, when you know how to ride a bike, you know how to balance yourself. You know how to create the momentum. You know how to stop without injuring yourself. These things are done automatically. Once the once the mind discovers the balance that it takes to be on the bike, it stays with you forever. People don't forget how to ride bikes. I can remember before my mom passed, going out with some cousins of mine, and we took some bikes out the garage. Um, and she got on the bikes and rode them with my cousin and she hadn't gotten on a bike in 50 years, but she, she knew how to ride a bike. And when you know it is who you, it's, it becomes a part of who you are. All right, moving on to uh page still page 186 who you think you are he states your sense of who you are determines what you perceive as your needs and what matters to you in life and what matters to you will have the power to upset and disturb you you can use this criterion to find out how deeply you know yourself what matters to you is not necessarily what you say or believe but what your actions and reactions reveal is important and serious to you So you may want to ask yourself the question, what are the things that upset and disturb me? If small things have the power to disturb you, then you will think then who you think you are is actually that small. That will be your unconscious belief. What are the small things? Ultimately, all things are small things because all things are transient. So. Looking at what disturbs you gives you insight into your own consciousness. 
what upsets you. You know, uh, I posted earlier on Facebook on the uh, Truth Transforms page uh, a quote from A Course in Miracles. I'm never upset for the reason I think. I am never upset for the reason I think. We honestly believe that people, places, and things upset us, scare us, defeat us, deflate us, makes us anxious. But no, they don't. You're only dealing with your perception, your context, your paradigm, your viewpoint. And your actions will always be consistent with how you see life. Actions are always consistent with how you see or how you comprehend, how you understand what's going on to you and around you. So if small things are interfering, then you're then then you're playing small because and eventually he says ultimately you get to realize that in spirit it's all small because the spirit is nothing. You know one of the things that I love about New Thought is when I realize that nothing disturbs God. You know, why does God allow this and God allows this and people in these genocides and murders and children getting shot in the streets and how come God isn't doing anything about it? Nothing disturbs God. Nothing disturbs God. The question is not why is God allowing genocide, murders, children being assaulted and killed in the streets and all the things we see on the news. The real question is, why does humanity allow it? Because we have been equipped by God, empowered by God to express and be God on this plane of existence. Now, we can accept that or not accept that. And see, I know people get hear things like that. They start getting the concept. I'm not talking like Bruce Almighty where you're making everybody win the lottery. Uh, like the Jim Carrey movie. I'm talking about being love, being peace, being joy, being prosperity, being understanding, being good judgment in expression. That's being God in expression. Being the the space where the attributes of God are visibly expressed, or as Jesus so eloquently stated in the Gospel of John, when you see me, you see the Father. When you see me, you see the Father. All right, I love it when he says on in the book. I'm trying. Ooh, I'm at the move. Um, you might say, I, "I know I'm an immortal spirit. I am tired of this mad world, and peace is all I want." Until the phone rings, and he gives all these examples about how we allow ourselves to totally go on autopilot when something pops up that we don't like. Then we realize that I'm a spiritual being with just something that we say, but not necessarily something we know. This is why you got to do the inner prayer work. This is, you know, you know, because, you know, Reverend Coleman used to say, when you squeeze 
an orange, orange juice comes out, you know, and she would talk about when you squeeze a rose, it just keeps smelling good. It just, so when you squeeze her, she would just keep smelling good because it didn't make a difference how hard you squeezed her. What was on the inside was was good, the good smelling essence of a rose. And when you're squeezed, what comes out? When when the when when the quote unquote with the world or what you perceive as pressure situations happen to you, what comes out? Who shows up? The peaceful, loving, harmonious, non-resistant you or that other person? Just a thought. All right. All right. Page 188. He says, if peace is what you is, if peace is really what you want, then you will choose peace. If peace mattered to you more than anything else, and if you truly knew yourself to be spirit rather than a little me, you will remain non-reactive and absolutely alert when confronted with challenging people or situations. Now, he didn't say that you won't meet challenging people or situations because we live in a world where most people are living without an awareness of who they are spiritually. So to say that you're not going to meet challenging people in situations would be naive. The question is, can you, like Jesus, standing in front of Pilate, say, in your own mind, you can have no power over me unless it's given to you by my father? And since God is no respecter of persons, God isn't giving power to someone else over you ever and never will. Moving on. He says, the more limited, page 88, the more narrowly egoic the view of yourself, the more you will see, focus on, and react to the egoic limitations, the unconsciousness in others. So when their unconsciousness shows up, it's the unconsciousness in you that is responding. You know, you know, um, you know, reminds me of this movie, and I'm not recommending this movie to uh, spiritual seekers, uh, <laughs> but you know, uh, in in the uh, Tropic Thunder, Robert Downey Jr. Um, it plays a black, a, a white Australian person who undergoes a procedure to play a black uh, sergeant in Vietnam, and it make it's a movie about making a Vietnam movie. Again, I recommend it. Please, please, you can look this up. The trailer of just this one little part, and a question is asked of him while he's debating with this person and trying to help him. Do you know who you are? And he says, "I know who I am." I'm the dude playing the dude disguised as another dude. And really, that's the human experience. I'm the dude playing the dude disguised as another dude. I'm really a spiritual being. But I'm playing a role within a role within a role. So we got this human concept of who we think we are. And within that human concept, we have all these sub roles. So we need to be mindful of that. I'm the dude playing the dude disguised as another dude. And in the movie, uh, he never comes out of character, even though they realize that they're not making the Vietnam movie anymore. And all of the other actors are now playing themselves within the movie. Obviously, he never comes out of character because because he becomes the dude. 
but he becomes the character that he's playing. You know, um, you know, this is how sometimes method, you know, um, you know, a- actors, you know, they get caught up in um, the character so much that they become the character. You know, um, you know, I used to read about how Heath Ledger, when he was making The Dark Knight, would show up on set and, and get dressed in the makeup as the Joker when he didn't have scenes that day because he wanted to be the Joker. And he he walked and talked and acted like the Joker. All the time. But see, it's one thing when the director yells cut and then you go back and you realize who you are. See, but the only person that can yell cut in your life and you realize that you're a spiritual being is you. You're the producer, you're the director, and you're the actor. You have to realize that. So we're going to take our last break and we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. Daily Word, inspiration, and practical teachings to help people of all faiths live healthy, prosperous, and meaningful lives. My mind and body are in an ongoing conversation. My body responds to my thoughts, and my mind continually receives messages from my body, especially when something is out of order. However, I am more than mind and body. I am created in the image and likeness of God. I am first and foremost spirit. As I bring my spiritual awareness into the conversation between mind and body, I keep myself in balance. I know my body and its needs. I nurture it with food and water, rest and exercise. I also send an affirmation of life and renewal to every cell of my being. With spirit-centered thoughts, words, and actions, I claim my true identity as a whole and healthy expression of God mind, body, and spirit. Daily Word magazine is now available in a digital format. To learn how you can subscribe to this online interactive magazine, go to www.dailyword.com. You know the saying, a good deed is its own reward? Well, moving toward a plant-based diet and vegan lifestyle is one kind and compassionate act that isn't just its own reward. It will also reward you with vibrant health, boundless energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, and according to Yogi's and Unity's co-founder Charles Fillmore, even give a boost to your spiritual life. On Main Street Vegan, the radio program named for the popular book, Victoria Moran will make your move in a vegan direction easy, fun, affordable, and delicious. With enticing topics and entertaining guests every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. been listening to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. If you have questions or comments about today's program, or if you'd like to join in on the discussion, email us at truthtransforms at unity.fm. Now back to Truth Transforms. Welcome back. Uh, I'm on page 189 now of a book on New Earth. Last paragraph, it states, no, 
nobody can tell you who you are. It would just be another concept. So it would not change you. Who you are requires no belief. In fact, every belief is an obstacle. It does not require your realization. You are already who you are. But without realization, who you are does not shine forth into this world. So it's come a paradox. You don't need it, but you do. Really, what is realization? That's when the thinking and feeling come together. It's become real to you. So, so really what he's saying is nobody can give you your spirituality. No leader, teacher, whatever. Now, they can help you hold and maintain the consciousness. Spiritual practitioners who hold people in consciousness for healing and things of that nature. Um, you know, sometimes praying with people who are unconscious, but at a subconscious level, they're being affected by the divine intent and realization of truth in the practitioner. But overall, nobody can know who you are except you. You have to do your own inner work. You have to do your own inner work to know who you are. And as much as you possibly can, strip the concept of who you think you are and the likes, dislikes, prejudices, and biases and 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 ask yourself, does this belief serve my Christ nature? Does this belief you know you can have a lot of beliefs, but does this belief serve my Christ nature? That's a very good question to ask yourself. You start going through things and beliefs and whatever. Does this belief serve my Christ nature? Well, this belief expresses joy, peace, prosperity, health, well-being, wisdom, understanding uh, in my life, love in my life. If it doesn't, time to reevaluate. All right. Page 190, talking about abundance. It says, who you think you are is also intimately connected with how you see yourself treated by others. Many people complain that others do not treat them well. I do not get any respect, attention, recognition, acknowledgement. They say, I'm being taken for granted. When people are kind, they suspect hidden motives. Others want to manipulate me, take advantage of me. Nobody loves me. Who they think they are is this. I'm a needy little me whose needs are not being met. That's beautiful. I'm a needy little me whose needs are not being met. Right. Um, he See, I love this book because he challenges it. He doesn't mix words. You have to go right in at it. You know, um, you know, Reverend Coleman would say it this way. She would say that that which you see in others is in you or you couldn't see it. That that challenges people, especially when they see things that they don't like in others. But how can you recognize something unless it's in you? How can you understand or comprehend something if it's not in you? If I gave the average person a text written in um, Mandarin, or let's just say not Mandarin, because that's a univer that's universally being used. Let's use an old Chinese uh, language like Cantonese. Gave you something and said, "Okay, explain this to me and 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 tell me what it means in Cantonese." Most people won't be able to tell you. Most people in China wouldn't be able to tell you what something says or means in Cantonese because they don't understand it. It's not they don't comprehend it. It's not it's not a part of who they are. 
It's not a part of their knowing. But if I ask you to read something and it says something that's insultive to you, for instance, you can be upset. Like you ever get a letter or email that you're like, what the heck is this? And you respond. You can only respond because you know what those words mean. If a person started using profanity and they were speaking a language that you didn't understand and that faces didn't show that they were, you know, in a demonstrative way that they were being insulted, you would just smile because you wouldn't know what they were saying. It's not a part of who you are. So that what you see in others is in you. That's not a free get out of jail car from mistreatment because I know people will go, what about I'm being abused and I'm doing this and that and the other. Um, only thing I can say about that is, uh, and this is hardcore, and, and, and I'm not trying to be insensitive when I say this, that, you know, we don't know what's going on and not going on in individual souls. And it, it, because of that, we don't necessarily understand why they go through what they go through. We don't know. I think we can make a decision as a, as a people what we accept and not accept. And, and, and and from an individual soul standpoint, it could just be that I'm so unconscious that not only I, but those in my experience are getting um, what um, Joseph Murphy called it the law of averages. That if you live in the consciousness of humanity um, without a realization of who you really are, the human experience will drift things into your life. Sort of like uh, the wind blows cups and garbage in front of your front lawn. I'm like, well, I didn't throw the garbage out in front of my house. How did it get here? Well, the winds of life just blew it there. You have to be intentional in making sure that, that you keep your lawn clean. And you have to be intentional about keeping your mind clean and, and, and your intention on spirit. Because if not, the, the, the calamities of life, the discord of life, the harmony, the violence of life can drift into your unconsciousness. You have to, you know, so you go out there in the world, you, you know, and, and you're not prayed up. You don't know the truth. You know, yet you can bump into what the world calls tragedy. That's one level of it. Another level of it is you don't know what's going on in a person's soul and what they came here to grow and grow and go through for their own soul lessons. You don't know what they're working out with their own cause and effect, which the East calls karma. It's so many layers to life that it, when you start dealing with all the probabilities, only thing you can say is, let me get myself together and help build a world, help build a world that works for everybody. So when you see injustice, uh, hopefully that injustice, and that means there's some level of injustice in you, but it also means you know what justice looks like. And let me make a choice and let us make a choice to function from the consciousness of justice and making sure that that justice is available for all people. You know, um, you know, recently they were talking about the people in, in that country in Africa. I can't remember while those young girls were kidnapped and, and, you know, bring our girls back, hashtag bring our girls back and et cetera. And, and I hope that the world doesn't forget about that because, you know, we move on to the next thing and then girls in that area will continue to suffer. But it's not just that country. It's several countries where women don't have basic rights, can't go to school, can't choose you know, who they want to marry, can't live regular lives. And how can any society grow when it oppresses half of its population? Just a thought. That's all a part of 
knowing who you are and, and etc. All right. So he says on page 191. Oh, well, let me re- finish this. Page 190. Try this for a couple of weeks and see how it changes your reality. Whatever you think people are withholding from you, praise, appreciation, assistance, loving care, and so on, give it to them. You don't have it. Just act as if you had it and it will come. Then soon after you start giving, you will start receiving. You cannot receive what you don't give. Outflow determines inflow. Whatever you think the world is withholding from you, you already have. But unless you allow it to flow out of you, you won't even know that you have it. This includes abundance. The law that outflows determines inflow is expressed by Jesus and this powerful image. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. Now, and and then he says the source of all abundance is not outside of you. It is a part of you. Now, so try it as an exercise. What you think you're not getting from someone else, start giving it. Not just to those people, everywhere. And here, here's what you'll discover. As you shift, the people who you give it to does not, does, will not necessarily be always the people who give it back. They might just be unconscious at a level that when you realize that you're already whole and complete, either you will drift out of their lives or they will drift out of yours because you won't be in alignment vibrationally anymore. The reason why they're in your space is because they have the reason to be in your space. Something within the consciousness of you or the two of you or more than the two of you, whoever's in that space has to be there by right of consciousness. And when your consciousness shifts to a higher level, then you have to draw new people and new experiences. So realize when you do exercises like this, this, this also means that being awake means at times the choice to live a completely new life because those destructive relationships that are comfortable to you, not necessarily makes you happy, but comfortable to you and for you will have to go by right of consciousness. Once you wake up, people will leave or they grow with you. Those are really the only two options. You know, now you can force yourself and stay, but when you become awake and you stay around things that are not of your level of consciousness anymore, it only creates a kind of discord, uh, divine discontent and unease in your soul. It doesn't sit well with you at all because you know you're higher and better than it, than what you're viewing, seeing or experiencing. So with that, I have like a ton of more stuff to talk about with this chapter, but unfortunately I've run out of time. I got all these notes and I haven't even gotten to the second page of my notes yet. So, uh, but it is what it is. Read the chapter, be focused, read the, uh, be ready next week. We're going to rock and walk, roll with truth transforms. God bless you and enjoy the rest of your day. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Join us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. for live discussions about how to live a spiritually transformed, prosperous, healthy, and joyful life. Truth Transforms, only on Unity Online Radio.
This program is brought to you in part by Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. Online at www.cutemple.org and on Facebook and Twitter under CU Temple. At Metaphysical Romp 2, we demystify metaphysics to help you live life at a deeper level. One of our key principles is the recognition that you always have the power to choose how you respond to any situation. Instead of asking, why did this happen to me? A better practice, which aligns with the metaphysical principles we share, is to ask yourself the question, how can I use this for good? We promise you'll experience a transformation in thinking that will reap huge dividends as you master the art of living metaphysically. For new perspective and spiritual insight, listen to Metaphysical Romp 2 with co-hosts Rev. Paul Hasselbeck, Rev. Bill Holton, and Rev. Cher Holton. Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time, here on Unity Online Radio. In quiet moments of prayer, let go of any concern. Anchor your trust deep in the realization that with God all things are possible. Never doubt it for a single moment. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Have you ever considered that everything you think, say, and do is a prayer to the universe? What would your life be like if you activated the power of yes? Join Rev. Beverly Molander and her exciting guests on Affirmative Prayer, Activating the Power of Yes, to find out how they activated the power of yes in their lives, their communities, or even the world. If they can do it, you can too. Listen to Beverly Molander and her guests live every Monday at noon central. 1 p.m. Eastern on Affirmative Prayer, activating the power of yes. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I will leave this world as it is. The world is full of voices, advertising, television, politics, colleagues, family, and friends. All are too happy to tell us how to live. In all of that noise, it's easy to miss the one voice that matters, your own soul. What would happen if you could hear that voice? Imagine the clarity, confidence, and courage that would be yours and the life you could create. Join Janet Connor, best-selling author of Writing Down Your Soul, The Lotus and the Lily, and Your Soul Wants Five Things. As she and her guests explore how to hear the call of the soul and create the soul-directed life. Live Thursday at 1 p.m. Central, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Go inside to find my God. We spend a third of our lives sleeping and dreaming, yet most of us have no idea what goes on during that time. I'm Kelly Sullivan Walden, and as a dream expert and best-selling author, I'm here to empower you to mine the gold from your nighttime dreams. 
Join me on the Kelly Sullivan Walden Show, part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network, available wherever you get your podcasts. Until we meet again, don't take your dreams lying down.